sound wave, wave. Right now, joining us on the program, Federal Sound Wave, you know what I'm saying, the National Alternative, we got an artist, a brother from out of the Northwest Washington State, not D.C., not not mm-hmm. that Washington, the other Washington, man, the big state, you know what I mean, Northwest. state that, that got, that's right, that's right, up there by Vancouver, sure. <laughs> by Canada, you know what I mean? <laughs> they got pockets on Broadway over there, too, yeah. <laughs> oh, they do, that they do. And they got things in the sky over there, too, you know what I mean? Shout out to Mix a lot. Oh, for real, for real, absolutely, absolutely. But we're going to chop it up right now. Um, right now on the program with Mr. Black Soul, Black Soul Music and all that, man. He's going to give everybody some help out there that may be needing it right now at this particular day and time, you know what I mean? So let's chop it up with Black Soul. How you doing, brother? Yes, sir. I'm blessed up, man. I can't complain. How y'all doing? Oh, we good. We good. You know, just just living it up, man. Staying safe, staying blessed, man. Staying healthy. That's the way to be. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, let everybody know a little bit about yourself and, and the whole life of, you're from Tacoma, right? To be specific, Tacoma, Washington, yeah. East Tacoma? Yes, sir. East, east side of Tacoma, Washington, yeah. Northwest. East side. Uh, home of the evergreen trees, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And for those who don't know, that's about, um, what, like about 40, 45 minutes away from Seattle? Yeah, like 45 minutes south. Okay, that's what it is. So you're closer to Canada than... Uh, I'm actually closer to Portland than I am to Canada. Oh, okay. Okay, you're on the yeah, other 25. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Canada up north. Seattle's closer oh, okay. to Canada, I guess. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so you, okay, I got you. You're further south. You're further south. Yeah. That's what it is. So what was life like, man, uh, coming up in, in East Coma? Ah, uh, man, just like anything else, I grew up in the inner city, um, you know, which comes with its own obstacles. But for the most part, man, I had a lot of love and support in my community. I came up playing sports, so a lot of people knew me that way. Um, singing was kind of just a hobby at first. And then uh, around, like, 20, like, 1920s when I decided to pursue music as a career and take it serious, and then, you know, that's when things kind of shifted. What what first got you into, into music and wanting to do that, uh, the girls. <laughs> I never really, uh, I, I, I had a ability to sing, but I never really looked at it as a career early on, like some folks. Um, and so, you know, it became a thing where, when me and the homies would just be kicking it with like, you know, girls or whatever, they would put me on blast to sing a couple of songs just to get the, you know, facilitate the vibes. And, and that's all it was to start off with. Um, and then, you know, I was I was more so an athlete, so ball was life for a large part of my life. So then when that didn't work out the way I wanted to, I was like, okay, what's something that I'm naturally gifted at that I, I might be able to put some real work into and turn it into something? And music was one of the main things, so I was like, why not? Okay, okay. And when you when you say ball, which which particular is basketball, football, like I play basketball, football and ran track. Okay, three four. Uh, yeah. So you 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 think you you think it could be me or Kev Lawrence in the track meet? Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't seen what you guys can do. So I, you know, I, I never under. No, 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 you good, sir. You good. Stay with you at. Stay with you at. Stay with you at. Yeah, you know what? I don't know if you caught what he was saying, teacher. He said, you know, and I was saying that people call me to facilitate a certain vibe. That means he was dealing with people's girls with singing. 
You know, we can't trust Mark, though. He was still in the dressing room. Facilitate the dressing room. Did you see how I dressed yeah, up? Yeah, he dressed up all right. Ray, I'm quick. He ran his dressing room. He did say, I got into it for the girls. He did say that, like, straight up on black. He did. He said, to facilitate a certain type of vibe. I never heard of like that before in my life. Facilitate. I'll try to put a suit and tie that's- on it. <laughs> that's that's how you know he's a songwriter right there. That's that's the songwriting in them cats. That's that's what that is. <laughs> so what, what was your time and what was your forty time? My forty time? Yeah, and track. Uh, I don't even remember at the time. I know my hundred time was ten six. Oh, uh, okay, okay. It's pretty decent. Then my uh my four hundred time was forty forty eight. Okay. What what position did you play uh, on football and in basketball? Outside linebacker. And in basketball, I was a, a shooting guard. Oh, okay. So you like hitting people. Yeah, I love hitting people. I love contact. <laughs> what kind of singer is this right now? We don't allow it. I'm not told. I'm not told. I love hit people. I am concerned. <laughs> <laughs> That's a typical RV. kind of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Facilitate that type of hitting. Yeah. <laughs> I make <mean>, hits. <laughs> All the way around. <laughs> oh, man. And you know what? Shout out to Tacoma, Washington. Uh, see, one of our uh, friends, you know, Dove from Tiger Eye. Uh, oh, yeah. Big up Tacoma, Washington. Big up to Tacoma. Um, what was the name of the of, of the person or the business? Dove from Tiger Eye. She does a Dove. lot of work with people from matter of fact, she was in a rap group back in the days too. She 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 knows a girl. Oh, okay. But she does a lot of PR for many people in the business and, and she she's always in the background. Uh, I know she has a lot mm-hmm. of stuff with people from Three Six Mafia too or, or DC Paul. Uh, she was oh, a photographer okay. too. Okay, shout, shout to the town for facilitating those that make those behind the scenes moves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to Bob. People look at what you need. Oh man! Good now you said things didn't go as as the way that you wanted, as far as like sports. What what actually happened? Yeah, I mean, you know, we all have a, a dream to go to the league if you're playing sports. At some point, it's like the the end goal for the career, but, you know, those opportunities just didn't present themselves. Maybe I wasn't tall enough. Maybe I wasn't jumping high enough or hitting hard enough. So I just had to figure it out at that point because I had been playing sports probably since I was like nine years old. And so for a large, that was a large part of my life. So it was like, okay, when that didn't work out, I really had to think, what was I passionate about um, um, that I feel like maybe if I just was able to fine-tune, it could turn into something. So when I was in college, my roommate at the time, I was like, man, what do you think about me really trying to do this music? Because everybody knew me for facilitating vibes, uh, you know, just singing for fun. <laughs> and so uh, he was like, shit, why not? And so at that point, right. I started trying to trying to put the pieces together, but I didn't come from like a musical family like some folks. So I really had to step outside of my comfort zone and, and go to the tastemaker events, pop out to to open mics and, and and really try to network and rub elbows with people that were in that lane so I can learn what I needed to to develop. And um, that's what I did. Right. And what college did you go to? I went to University of Puget Sound. 
And what were you studying? Uh, philosophy. I was a philosophy major, international business minor. Wait, this guy is okay. a philosopher. Is he carrying a philosopher? Tools and sounds of survivors, hidden people. He was a beginner of restaurants, man. Okay. I, I try to be, man. You know, I don't believe in limitations. That's right. I, I feel you on that one, man. It's Thermal Soundwave, the National Alternative Fast Food Radio. We're talking to Black Soul, Black Soul Music here on the program. Hit us up, man. Three four seven four five four one two seven eight. Thermal Soundwave to gmail dot com. That's what it is. So you're doing a circuit uh, in college and um, hitting up open mics and all that. When did you first get your first opportunity to like really put something, you know, out as a recording? For, for more people to be exposed to what you were doing and your facilitations? Um, I, I, I met a, a cat. Well, he went to my high school, but he was a little older than me. Um, but he ended up having a studio. Um, and so that was probably the first person that I actually got uh, to record with, doing that in Q Beats. And, man, it was like, it was exciting. But then this was at the time I was still having to pay for studio time. This wasn't quite, it was, wasn't quite the do-it-yourself era. So I was having to pay for studio time and me not knowing a whole lot, like trying to get in there and write songs based on my limited uh, knowledge. The songs weren't coming out the way that I wanted them to. And I'm like, man, that was a quick little $40 I done spent or a quick little $100 I done spent for a few hours and wasn't satisfied. And so I learned a lot about the process of prepping before I get to the session so you can maximize your time and Inevitably, it just turned into, you know what, I think I could do this. <laughs> so just through singing hooks for people and, and, and bouncing around through different studios from people I met, I was able to come up on some um, studio equipment uh, for an affordable price for the crib. And so that is when I kind of started learning how to engineer, and that really helped me a lot. I saved a lot of money, so I was able to um, not just practice, but develop, kind of self-develop. Right. Absolutely. Um, now, Kev, you, you're going to relate to this one right here. His his first album title? Guess what his first album title was, Kev? Uh, hitting People? Is it still Hitting People? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's, a, it's a, one of our favorite movies. Whoa. Uh, trading Places. No, not uh, that uh, Elysium. What are we talking about? You, you got me. Right? Nah, that one. I, 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 dirty pretty things. Really? Dirty that wasn't my first was album, but first... that was my first album placement. Okay, that was your first. So your first major placement. Yeah, yeah, that was on a uh, rapper Big Cool's album. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that. And that... <laughs> so what was? What was that about? Because that, that dirty, pretty thing, man, that, that can go a lot of different directions. Very. Uh, you would have to ask him that because he's the one that named it that. Uh, but <laughs> the song that I did that was on that album was called Free. Um, and it was crazy how that even came together because um, his manager at the time, Big Doe, was at a conference call with the producer that I was working with, my bro Cuddy. He was a part of this production duo called The Business. And I was doing references, demo references um, to his beats at the time. And he went and played them at this conference that were in New York. And so that was Doe's first time hearing about me. So he went back to Pooh 
and was like, yo, I just heard this kid out of Tacoma, Washington, and he's, he's dope. I think you should try to do something with him. So crazy part is I had never spoken a word to Pooh or anything before then. I was just a fan of the music. Um, and he reached out to me on Twitter. So at first, I didn't think it was real. So I was like, oh, this can't be the real. This can't be the real Pooh. But then, like, he DM me, gave me his number, and then we chopped it up on the phone. I'm just like, oh, shit, this is really real. So um, sent me the song, ended up knocking out the hook. The backstory of it, what I learned later on, was that he was literally just going off the strength of his relationship with Doe, that I was going to do the record justice. He had never actually took, taken a listen to my voice. So wow. he was like, for all he knew, it could have been terrible. <laughs> it just happened to work <laughs> out really good. So I was like, damn, that's crazy. I said, well, shout out to y'all friends here, man. And shout out to Doe for looking out. Right. You mentioned something about how you uh, was doing a reference with songs. For people yeah, out there like, well, what does that mean? So basically that means like trying to write songs for people like in a submission process. So like songwriters, what we'll do is we'll, we'll demo out um, concepts of songs. Um, or just hooks, and then they'll pitch it to either a rapper that may need a hook that may put somebody else on it, but she'll get writing credit for it. And that is a part of the business where you can actually keep people that to be yeah. lucrative. Yeah, that's that's a part of the business. That's the behind the scenes part of the business. Wow, it's very like A lot of people, you know, you learn something every 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 day. These are the things that people <laughs> don't realize. Why, you know, you look at somebody, you don't. You don't have to actually be in front of the camera, in front of the video. No, you can just do stuff for like that all day, every day, and if people love your friendship and you create and you facilitate that kind of a vibe for the music, it can work yeah. itself out with that right there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to make money where you don't necessarily have to be the face in the business. Like Even like people like The Dream and, and Neo and even John Legend, they were all writing for people and, and referencing records for people before they became the celebrities that we know them as. Right. So be, before you got that connection with Doe, who connected you with uh, Big Pooh, like how long were you actively like out there doing your thing, um, like doing the circuit, writing and all of that? Probably like three years at that time. I was probably like three, yeah, three or four years in. Okay, so not as long. Well, in these days, that's kind of long, but back then. Right, yeah, back then, it, that's not a long time at all. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So that's, what it's, that's what's up. So um, it's, as far as like the writing, you said you're doing references and you're working uh, with people like uh, Macklemore and... Um, Anderson mm -hmm. and um, Coco Sarai, who I remember Coco from out here when she was doing her thing, like she was doing a circuit out here in, in New York for a while. Oh, like oh, I, yeah, I would always right. see her, I would always see her like at that little spots and like clubs and whatnot, and and she was doing like the same thing you was doing, like open mics and like performances here and there where she could, and then she started like the same thing you was doing, like writing for people and. I guess she decided yeah. to head out west, and then when she head out head out west, she finally got her connect with that whole Dr. Dre camp, and she's been working yeah, with them. Yeah, we like, actually met in the same space. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, that's so what was that like? Was, um, it was competitive. It was like 
it's, it was like an academy damn near. Like, I, I feel like we got, like, uh, a master class in song creation, you know, from arguably one of their best. And be, before before you got that master class, like, what what was your outlook as far as, like, how to do music and how to put things out in comparison to what you learned? What did you learn that was different from the way you were doing things before? Um... I, I think I definitely learned that you, in, in terms of the songwriting game, that you can't fall in love necessarily with each individual song. Like, you can't feel like every song that you write is going to be the best one. Um, because you're going to, one, it's going to be harder for you to part ways with it. Um, two, songs can always be improved. Um, you know, we do the best that we can based on the knowledge that we have. But when we got, in, or at least when I got in that scenario, I was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot I still have to learn. But it's like a crash course. So it's like either you're going to keep up and learn um, at the pace that, you know, Dre's demanding, or it's like you're going to get sent on. <laughs> and right. I learned a lot from not just a songwriting piece of it, but, you know, Dre's great at, at understanding the entire process of song creation from being able to conduct the musicians in there from building a track from the ground up to, you know, um, coaching the songwriters through their pieces, um, coaching how to record to, the, to where you're getting the clearest and the fullest sounding record uh, on record. And, yeah, man, it was like the first time I got a chance to record with him in that space. It was like what, how good I thought my music sounded. It was, like, exponentially better, like, from day one. I was just, like, I was hooked after that. I was, like, I need to learn how to do this. Got gotcha. this level. Now, going to back it up a little bit. Before you um, were doing your thing as music, like, you were also working, like, during that time. Um, yeah. And you was working for the major board company that, you know, that put them planes in there, like, a legacy company. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This guy was into everything, man. Like this, this black soul right here was facilitating all over the place. <laughs> yeah, man, I was, I was so, working at Boeing, man. Hey, what black were you soul doing for Boeing? Are you Jamaican? <laughs> <laughs> you would think with all the jobs I've worked in my lifetime, I'm working all the places. <laughs> uh, I actually am uh, Ghanaian, though. My mom's from Ghana. Born and raised. Okay, that that explains it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I was I was working on um, the flight line. So basically, my job was to make sure that the plane had all the parts they needed right before it went out the door to uh, final assembly. Ooh, so it, ooh, you you really had to be on point because if something went wrong, I had to be on point. Well, I mean, to a certain degree, but I wasn't the one actually installing it in the plane. Those were the ones that were really on the hook. But if they were missing parts or, um, you know, parts were sent down that they didn't get delivered to the plane, I had to go out to the warehouse and track them down to make sure everything was delivered to the mechanics that were actually putting the parts on the plane in a timely fashion so that the plane met it out the door when it was supposed to. Right. Now, I know after a while, I mean, you, you know, you, got used to when you were doing the job, you know, with no yeah. problems. But when you first got there, were you, like, sweating, like, your first couple of days, a couple of weeks there, like, yeah, if, I like miss, if I miss one of these parts? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, this is intense. Like, because I got to, because, you know, not all the warehouses are closed. 
and you got to go in there. You got to know what you're looking for, know who to talk to. So I was learning, you know, the, the staff at different buildings and all of that. And But I'm, I'm a pretty fast learner, though, so I picked it up quick. I like I like jobs where I can kind of um, troubleshoot and problem solve. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, you you also um, doing some work for Mike and Keys, right, who who is a uh, executive producer for Nipsey Hustle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a dope time. Uh, that was actually my first gig I got when I moved to L.A. Um, so, so this is how it ended up happening. It's kind of a crazy story. So I um, ended up getting an invite to the Grammys. Basically, I met one of the reps from the Recording Academy um, who – at the time, I thought, you know, you had to either be signed to a major label or um, you had to have, like, these insurmountable type of credits to be able to go. But come to find out, um, I was really actually close because of the indie, the independent releases that I was dropping. And so, um, anyway, long story short, I was, I was invited to go to the Grammys, and I let my managers know at Boeing I had an opportunity to go, like, a month in advance, thinking, oh, yeah, for sure they're going to clear it. They denied me. So technically, <laughs> the, right, crazy, right? So technically, the rules are that um, even if you have the time to take, like if you have the sick time to take, uh, managers managers still have to approve it. But it's so rare that if you have the time, they're not gonna uh, not approve it. But for me, <laughs> for whatever reason, I let you know that be where it's at. They she was just like nah. So like I said, you know most cases you only got to give like two weeks notice. I gave them a month. So we're working our way down. We're having these discussions literally every week because I'm just like, I don't understand why you're not trying to approve this. We don't work on weekends. I was only going to take a Thursday and a Friday off and be back Monday. So I was like, you mean to tell me that nobody can cover what I'm doing for these two days? That's hard to believe. <laughs> so it got down to the final week and I was like, so what's the final verdict? And uh, my manager at the time was like, uh, we need you here at work. And, uh, it, you know, if you leave, you know what would happen. I was like, well, I would hope that you would use the time I got to take because my plane's already booked, hotel's already booked, I already got my tuxedo pressed up. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. And I left. Um, so when I got out there, I was able to finagle my way onto the red carpet. And uh, Jake One, a producer, you know, incredible producer I was working with at the time, he's also from – um, 45 minutes north of me. We had been, we had just started doing some work, but he had texted me like, "How did you get on the red carpet?" Oh, yeah. But not to, not not to cut you off, but Jake One is one of the underrated producers out here, like in the game. Like he he does some phenomenal yeah. work. That freeway album, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that stimulus. Yeah, ridiculous, man. Yeah, ridiculous. He's, he's a beast. So yeah, uh, uh, I, I ended up telling him, Shots and stimulus checks too. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I still ain't got mine. I wonder what's going on. Uh, it's probably the Captain Bowen that's hating on you still. <laughs> it, 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 you know what it probably is. I'm like, yeah, hold it up. <laughs> so we went. Um, so I told him the story about what happened at, at work, and I was like, so really, I just I need to network with some people out here. So he was the one that was like, okay. Let me connect you with my boy Mike. I'm not knowing at the time that it's Mike from Mike and Keys. Because, you know, they used to go by the Futuristics. Okay. Um, and so I pull up, me and my homeboy, we pull up to the studio. And RIP, man, Nip was outside in the suburban, like right when we pulled up. So I was like, ah, oh, shit. 
this is I was like, oh, this is this is that Viking Keys. I was like, this is gonna be crazy. So I go in there and uh, play him a bunch of records. We get to talking, and I tell him, you know, the story of what happened too. And they were like, so what do you? What's your plan? Like, do you do you live out in LA? Do you are you moving out here? What's the what's the game plan? I was like, well, I engineer, so. Um, if there's any if there's any uh, availability for a job out here, I can do that. They were like, "Oh, did you engineer any of these records that you played?" So I was like, "I engineered all of them." And they were like, "Well, we'll dig this. We just lost our engineer like a week ago. Wow. So we were in need of one. Like, I, it was really like divine intervention." I was like, "Well, okay. Uh, well, how soon do you need an engineer?" They was like, "Well, could you start tomorrow?" And I was like, "Oh shit. Well, not that fast. But give me like a week, and I'll go figure it out, and make it happen." And so. They gave me a week. I ended up flying back home. Another reason why I say it was divine intervention, I had a little townhouse at the time in my lease. It was time for me to renew my lease. So all everything just aligned in a way that was like, yeah, take your ass out to L.A., man, and see what, what could happen if you really want to do this. And so I packed up all my stuff, put it in the storage unit, packed up all the stuff in the car, talked to my parents about it, called my auntie that uh, – was living in LA after I could crash on the couch. She was like, I could do you one better. I got a I got a room for you. Oh, here we go. Yeah, and I, I headed out. A week later, March 9th, 2017, I started working for uh Mikey Keys. Nice. And the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> and and from 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 that you, you that's that's how you got that um <clears throat> connect or that ends to, to, to Dre from from that. Nah, that was actually a totally separate situation. So um, Big Pooh um, was cool with the A&R, the head A&R at the time of Aftermath. And so I had met, like, on some random stuff, I had met the producers that said they were working on Anderson Patch's album. They didn't know that I had a plug to really check and see if that was true. So Pooh had hit up the A&R, to see what was really going on. And in that conversation, he was like, oh, yeah, so what's going on with uh, uh, Black Soul? And he was like, well, he's in Tacoma right now working on his EP. At the time, I was working on my Never See EP. And so he asked Pooh to send him um, some of my strongest records so he could play it for Dre and see, you know, what he thought about it. So he did that. And, like, two hours later, Pooh hit me back and was like, yo, Dre's filling the records. He wants you to pull up. I was like, word. So I was on the next thing smoking. Back to LA, and uh, when I got there, it happened. He uh, went on vacation, so I was like, okay, I kind of was was stalled out for a minute. But then one night, I was with um, my boy, and he was with uh, another cat that was actually a producer for Dre's team, and they ended up getting called to the studio that night. So and I was like, who you with? My boy was like, I'm all Black Soul over here too. He was like, cool, bring him. So we put up to the studio, and now I'm just like, oh, shit, I might need Dr. Dre tonight. But then they were telling me, they are like, you know, there's no telling what time he's going to get here. So, um, you know, he may come, he may not, you know, just be prepared for whatever. So I'm like, all right, cool. As soon as we walk in the door, I'm coming in the front, he's coming through the back. And I was like, oh, there he go. They introduced me to him. They tell him I'm a songwriter. He was like, oh, you're right. And I was like, yeah. He was like, cool. We're going to see tonight. And then he just walked off. <laughs> and I was like, what was the oh, feeling you had yeah and I want you to be as honest as possible I know people feel like you know I'm a man whatever no. 
what was the feeling you had knowing that this guy has been producing music and DJ DJing since the uh the 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 wrecking crew from back in the eighties and doing more than sixteen hits what was it knowing his whole body of work? It was like like especially me being a kid from the West Coast, like I was just like is this real? Like, I, I think I had that moment right before I actually walked in the studio room, like, damn, is this really happening? Like, did I really just go from working at Boeing to walking in the studio with Dr. Dre? Like, what the fuck is going on? And then when I got into the room, it was like, you know, other heavy hitters in there, like, I think Focus was in there, um, them joints, like, you know, people that he's been working with, and they were already working on a song. And so in the midst of them working on this song, he's like just mugging me. And so I'm just kind of like, you know, he's trying to look, but you're not trying to stare back. So I'm just like, man, is he, is he feeling me out? Is he, is he, is he decent? Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. And so then he was like, uh, I've already heard what, you know, these guys sound like, I want to hear what you got. And so now I'm just like, oh, sis, I'm going through my laptop trying to figure out what's the right song to play at this very moment? And I play a few songs, and he cuts me off short, and was just like, okay, I know what you sound like. <laughs> and I didn't even know at that moment, I didn't know if that was a good thing or if it was a bad thing or what. Um, but he was still, like, staring at me, so I was like, ah, oh, man, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, but then, like, I had seen, like, interviews like Kendrick and um, – like Bilal and stuff had did about, you know, what it was like being in like the Dre hot seat, like the infamous hot seat where you got to build a song from scratch. Like I had watched these interviews. So then all of a sudden I was in the same scenario. He, he, he had asked me if I came to work, or if I came to chill, I was like, I'm, I'm here to work. So then he was like, okay, well there's the mic is hot. He was like, do you like to stand up when you record or sit down? I was like, uh, don't really oh, matter. Wow. I can stand up. He was like, cool, sit down. And I was like, oh, okay, it's gonna be one of those days, all right. And I think at that at that at that moment it went from excitement to like, okay, this is your chance. So it's time to lock in and do what you do. Do what you do that even got you in by here. And you know, it must have worked out because I ended up spending like a year and a half over there. Wow. Nice. Now, did you going through all of this, did you ever like call back, like anybody co-working all old supervisors from Boeing and treat them like <laughs> the old the old Italian cop in in Harlem Nights. Hey, thanks be to your boss. I ain't never coming back home. Was it like that kind of feel? Like you know? <laughs> no, to be honest, to be honest, I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking about them. It was funny though because I had like uh, my homeboy that still worked there. Uh, he was like, everybody all of a sudden now is asking all these questions about you because, you know, I post pictures being in the studio and whatnot. And then the day that he told me that that same manager that wouldn't approve me was asking how, excuse me, asking how I was doing. And I was like, now, isn't that crazy? I was like, tell her I'm doing sensational. <laughs> sensational, you're facilitating the vibe. <laughs> so you, you you didn't go back. Hold on, Black. So you didn't go back and visit your boy like at work. <laughs> like nah, pull no, up and I, haven't, I haven't been back since I left. 
you, you still does he, does your man still work there? Yeah, he does. He does. He does still work there. Yo, Black Soul, listen, you should go back there, right? <laughs> like, man, pick him up for lunch or something? Like, pull up and something yeah. real crazy? <laughs> so that everybody can see it. Can't go back and tell her. <laughs> and just, just stun on them. Just stun on everybody up in there. Like, don't even say nothing. Just, just you know, just, just give With them a that With a headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the ultimate flex. So I give her some beats by Dre Thank you. I want to thank you for not approving my time. That day. Exactly. <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. We're, yeah. we're laughing, but sometimes we need the, that when your back is against the wall, you got to make those decisions, and they're called grown-up decisions, and people are scared to jump. And at that point, you jumped. And, you know, it's very scary because your whole way of life could change. But if you never jump, you could spend the rest of your life wondering Man, what it and, could have been if I just took the chance. You can always make back money, but you can't make back, right. make back time and opportunity. Right. That's that's real. That's real life. Um, and, and the crazy so, part about it is I, I have friends that were trying to get me to move to L.A. prior to that just because of the opportunity. But I was such a calculated person that I was like, if I can't get a job out there or if Owen don't let me transfer out there, it's probably just not going to happen because I'm not willing on my own. I wasn't willing to take that risk. And so the situation moving the way that it did, like you said, it, it put me in a situation like you go, are you going to take that leap or not? And man, I'm so thankful that leap. Yeah. <clears throat> but also because you was also doing the work beforehand. Like when you are right. actively pursuing and actually actively doing that work, like an opportunity will come up for you at some point when you're right. actively out there trying and getting it and then right. putting in the work to, to, you know, move forward up with your dreams and everything, man. Sternal Soundwave, the natural alternative to Fast Foods Radio. We're talking to Black Soul, Black Soul Music here on the program. You kept launching this up, ThermalSoundWave.com, ThermalSoundWave at gmail.com. We're going to talk about your new um, album in a moment, but... I think it's cool that people get to hear like just the whole layout of of how you came to to where you came and and, and built everything up the way that you did because I think it's inspirational to people out there that's that's listening and hearing it to see like all the different things that you have to do or choices that you have to make sometimes to like really get Absolutely. to really be successful. Now you also work with another dude whose music that I really like. Um, Buddy, who has a song called Trouble on Central, one of my favorite songs. Um, yeah. How, how did you link up with him and work with him? So that scenario actually came through um, working with Mike and Keys. Um, Buddy was doing work, as you may know, with, um, with Nip, and he did a lot of recording with Mike and Keys. So at the time, this is prior to him signing with RCA, he was in need of, a, of an engineer. So I, I pretty much was, was um, balancing between uh, doing the engineer work that Mike and Keys needed me to do, and then being his engineer. So I actually did most of the recording for his uh, his two EPs, the Oceans in Montana and uh, the Magnolia EP. Um, and so that's Magnolia, that's with uh, Playboy Cardi? Uh, no, 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 not the song. Uh, Buddy had an EP called Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he had two EPs, Oceans in Montana and Magnolia that dropped before the uh, the Harlan and Elantra album. Nice. And then congratulations on the, the, that platinum plaque that you did. Or that you got, I should oh, say. Oh, man. Yeah. For the, the Playboy Cardi joint. 
I hadn't even realized that it went platinum. It, it went platinum in February, but I was just um, I just happened to be scrolling after a studio session right before I was about to lay down, um, and then I pretty much just stayed up. I didn't even go to sleep because I was like, oh, "This is on my first platinum flight. That's crazy." Shout out to Jake One. See, when when you go back to Boeing, you need to just walk around with the plaque too. <laughs> I should send a send the manager a gift so she can put it up in her office. <laughs> yeah, put put the plaque up. Say <laughs> like, shout out to you. And you know what? Sometimes when that happens, whatever uh, feelings you may have harbored with somebody for trying to stop your dreams, you got to let it go because you got to say to them, right. you know, because of what you did, this is what I become. This is what I'm on the road of becoming even more. And I'm not going to even waste that negative energy with staying on you because if I do, I'll be subtracting from what my greatness is going to be. So just applaud them. Applaud them. Absolutely. Yeah, because I'll, I'll be totally petty. I'll send some, some gifts with some hints in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been really petty. You've been like Tom Petty. You've been like, like Petty Crocker. You've been, you've been very petty. Yeah, I just, you know, but, I, was, I was upset about it all initially when it happened, but just over time, it was just so many amazing things that, that came up came from it, I just I just didn't even look at it like that anymore. It was more like, yeah, thank you, because I needed that. I needed that extra push to take that leap into my destiny, and and you provided that. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Big up, big up to you for that, man. Now, no. Black Soul got the, the latest the latest release, Take Your Time, the full link that's out, like, uh, right now. <laughs> By the time people are hearing this, it will be out. So it's out. Yes, sir. <laughs> just, just put it that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, some, some, some good, great quality album. Good music on there. Something for everybody on there. Um, the first um, piece off of there was Help with, with Joel Ortiz. And I, I think mm-hmm. that, that that record is very appropriate for now, for what's going on right now. Like, it, it can be something that's like a soundtrack or like a, it can be used as like a background for like a lot of different things. Um, explain yeah, to people no, what what the song Help is about, or for the Take Your Time album. Um, the song Help is 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 essentially what the title um, conveys that we all need help at some point in this journey. I don't I don't think I necessarily uh, subscribe to the idea of self made in, in in terms of not ever having any help to get to where we need to go to any level of success, even if it's you know people that are supporting you emotionally or that you know they're talking to you from from um, jumping off that ledge, so to speak, in terms of walking away from, you know, where your destiny is trying to take you. It's like we all need help at some point. We all need the support. Um, it takes a village. And I think that's what I really wanted people to, to take away from um, help was that we all need it. We all have our egos that get in the way that may, um, you know, block our own blessings and our own destiny helpers. But with that private side, and, and, and reach out because you know you can grow exponentially and you put your ego away. No doubt, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a great song. I, I think it, it could definitely help. You know, not to make a pun out of it, but it, it can definitely do that for a lot of people that that's trying to get through some things, especially like now, like with what's going on. So um, yeah, absolutely. It was it ended up being perfect for the time, man. And shout out to Joel because I mean he killed his verse as well. For sure, for sure, definitely. Um, talk about some of the other subject matter that you're touching on on Take Your Time. Um, on Take Your Time, I got a song called Free, which is basically 
uh, just about having wherewithal, you know, to not quit because, you know, the grind's going to get tough. It's not always going to look as pretty as it may look once, um, you know, things get rolled out. Uh, it's a lot of grunt work that goes into behind the scenes of putting stuff together, um, you know, before the consumer gets to, to receive it. And um, it's really about keeping your peace of mind, man, and finding, finding what your freedom is. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be what other people see for you, you know, because it's your life to live. That's why I think the track Free on the Record talks about. Um, I know I introduced that also in the, in the, the title track, Take Your Time. It's not everything's a rush. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Everything, exactly. everything is a process, and as long as your 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 failures are lessons, as long as you learn from them, they're going to propel you forward. Like some people really get down or think that. I think a lot of the times when we put ourselves in the mindset that we have to do everything perfect, it's like no matter how much you plan, there's going to be things that just don't work out. And right, I think learning to to grow through that is going to be to your benefit. I think the record hurt people, um, kind of speaks for itself. Hurt people, hurt people. I try to. I really wanted to, in, in creating the song, I wanted it to be simple, um, because I feel like uh, sometimes it's the simple concepts that we miss. We we try to overcomplicate things, and you know, like that song in particular is talking about love and how sometimes we as people get in the way of love. Love isn't as complicated as as the people make it out to be. Um, so that's what hurt people is. And then really the second half of the project is just, you know, the bedroom classics. Facilitating the lady. Yeah, facilitating the vibes. I like to think of, you know the, of the project is the, as, of the medicine, and then the second half of the project is like the candy. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, no doubt, no doubt. Now, um, what are some of the things that you, you like to do, like, that's outside of music, that's, that's not music? Um, I like to work out. I like to cook. I like finding recipes. I like oh, you got some chef skills. Uh, yeah, you know, I do a little bit. I do a little bit. I got, I, be, I got a little hashtag going that I'll be posting on my page called I Can't Cook, though. But then I'll try to cook like this extravagant <laughs> meal. You like that guy? I'm a rapper now. <laughs> the battle I'm not rapping out. What's your best dish? Uh, I don't know. I got a few. I mean, I grill a mean steak. I grill a mean steak. I got a good pasta. Uh, and a cool water. You said what? <laughs> <laughs> cool water. I, I was like a cool, uh, cool little spaghetti. You know, I try to make my little spaghetti sauce from scratch, cut my tomatoes up, all that good stuff. Right, um, right. You using the Foreman grill? I'm not using the Foreman grill. We got a little grill out, out in the back. Shout out to the Honorable George Foreman. You saved a lot of people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Got a lot of people through college with that Foreman grill. Yeah. All right. Now, can can you make um any any dishes from Ghana? I know how to make um, uh, Ghanaian light soup. My mom ain't really gave me all the recipes like that, really, because I think she always wanted me to come back and get it from her. <laughs> yeah, she wants to, to, but she uh, needs some Beats by Dre headphones. That's what it is. You ain't smart. <laughs> <yet. She's> smart. <laughs> yeah, and you know, even it's the crazy part. Is even when I try to make it to myself, uh, make it for myself, it, it don't hit the same as mom. Mom just she got extra, you know. She, she has a secret recipe that, that she, she hides. Like, that yeah. nobody ever knows. 
<laughs> like she'll probably I'll give it that. to you like when when it's that time, like you know when she knows okay, it, it's, I'm, I'm gonna leave this to you. That's when she's gonna give you that. <laughs> right, right, right. But up, up until that point, that's that's how she knows I'm, she's gonna make sure I I come back home. <laughs> right. What when was that? When was the last time you've been out to Ghana? Have you ever been out to Ghana? I went out to Ghana. I was probably twelve was the last time I went out there. Um, and we stayed out there for like a month, and it was a trip. I was like, dang, this is it's crazy because everything that I had heard about Africa prior to in America, has always been about poverty. They never showed mm. the beautiful parts of Africa, at least at that time. And yeah. it never made sense to me because I was like, you know, at, at the time we had MTV cribs, we had lifestyle with the rich and famous here in America. Like, why can't we have something like that to, you know, personify the beautiful parts of Africa? But, you know, that's, that's a whole different conversation. But um, going out there, seeing like the architecture and, and, and the landscape, like it was beautiful out there. Yeah. The rich, rich history in Ghana, man. The rich history. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, that's where the um, transatlantic slave trade began was West Africa. Yeah, it was one of the ports was up over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, once you go there, just, uh, the spirit will hit you and you automatically start crying. Because uh, maybe of, it was because they knew that he wasn't coming cry. back. I think it's called the door. They knew they wasn't yeah. coming back. Yeah, and you automatically start crying when you get there because huh. what kind of spirit hits you of the people that knew they weren't coming back to see their families. Huh. I wonder if it if it hit me different going there as an adult because I definitely want to go back again as an adult. Um, but yeah, I remember at the time that I went, it was like they had just got a McDonald's for the first time, and it was like a four mile long line. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy! Like this is I, from what I hear, like friends that I have that go back and forth there now. They said it's a lot more metropolitanized now than it was then. But I remember at that time, I was like, "That's crazy!" Like they're going crazy over McDonald's, and I'm like. In the States, you know, that's regular. Uh, do, do they have a Popeyes out there yet? <laughs> they didn't at the time. I don't know if they do now. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to go back and, and, and let us know. Like, and, like we'll, we'll have you back on and, and let us uh, give yeah. us a kind of report. <laughs> yeah, see what the updates are. <laughs> Shout out to all the kind of I need masters and all that, man. Shout out to all yeah. them out. No question. No question. So I know... Um, you got, you know, take your time is out, so people need to get that, stream that, circulate that, put it on the playlist, like everything, um, all that. Share with that people know word of mouth. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Quarantine day, um, all that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they there's some songs on there too for the quarantine, like uh, Tasty, Dangerous, Wet. Hey. Hey. <laughs> 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 I don't have. Trying to have baby showers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's some quarantine joints on that. <laughs> and when you yeah. when y'all hear it, when y'all listen, listen, everybody out there listen to "Take Your Time," Black Soul, Black Soul music. You're gonna hear exactly what I'm talking about. And when y'all play them, you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, this this is, <laughs> this is that thing right I here." I get it. <laughs> well, all right. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So after, so what's what's the next movement for you? Like, um, trying to you know navigate this new normal of you know the, all the quarantines and trying to create content, man, creative content. I think that's what we're all kind of doing right now as creatives and in, in our various fields, is because we can't move around as freely as 
you know, we could. So it's time to really get creative in these limited spaces to create content to keep people entertained. And, you know, hopefully <clears throat> once everything opens back up to begin to start doing some shows and Twitter album a little bit. So, you know, that's let it out. But in the meantime, like I'm always working, you know, I got an I got an in-home studio set up and just always, always creating new records and, and trying to help facilitate and write for other people. So I'm always working around the clock. Well, you, you know, you know, me and Kev, we, we available to do some album work. You know, if you want to write a couple songs for us, or you want to have. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I got you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My man is working Yeah. Well, you know, we we'll have like you know, we do a couple things. We split it up. You know, a couple. You know, <laughs> some bangers, and then a couple facilitation joints. We need some facilitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm with it. <laughs> Let me know what you have in. Absolutely. Well, um, I, w- I want to give a big up to uh, Dre for uh, from Alexa Media Group, man, for uh, making that connection and that link. Um, good people over there doing this thing. Shout out to Dre. And um, when you see when you see Big Pooh, man, tell him we said what's up and, and tell him we appreciate him oh, yeah. as partner. Because a long time ago when they were touring, they came through New York. Mm-hmm. They just finished the show over at SOBs. And we interviewed them after that, and they didn't have to do the interview. They brought us up on their tour bus to do the interview, like right after their show. And I know oh, how hectic it gets after. Yeah, I know how hectic it gets after you finish performing. So we always appreciate them for doing that because you know nobody, nobody, no artist wants to do that. So we appreciate them for doing yeah, that. Yeah, shout out to Pooh, man. I like to to be honest, man. Out of, out of all the people I've met in the industry, Pooh's probably one of the most humble cats. Like. That he's willing to work with people before they reach their potential, which you know, in the, you know how the industry goes. Not a lot of people like that, and hey, he's always just trying to create opportunities for up and coming cats, and and I'm one of them. You know what I mean? I'm always forever grateful. Absolutely. So give everybody out there, you know, all the ways they can reach you and all the ways they can connect connect with you. Okay, yeah, I'll try to keep it all one stop shop. It's all. Uh, Black Soul Music, B-L-A-K-K Soul Music. Uh, it's all the same on all my platforms, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook. Um, you can find me, just search Black Soul on any digital service provider. If you want to stream the album, if you want to purchase the album, which I love either way. Um, yeah, I try to make it easy for the consumers. No question. Definitely, man. Well, listen, <clears throat> we appreciate you know you, you coming through and coming on and uh, keep putting out that great music. Keep facilitating out there, and um, <laughs> you're welcome. To, <laughs> you're welcome to come through and come back like like any time. And, and hopefully, um, when everything gets situated, we'll be able to have like a sit down with you like face to face. Yeah, that would be dope. Yeah. I'll definitely be down for that, man. I I just want to say thank y'all, man, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for checking out the project, man. And yeah, I look forward to keeping y'all updated on my career, man. This is like just the beginning. I feel like. Hey, no make doubt. sure also, man, take down my Instagram is at KEV underscore Lawrence in case you want to facilitate what you facilitated already <laughs> my way. <laughs> you put that out. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and, and I'm, I'm at Thermal Sound Waves, just like the show name. So just hit yeah, me up. Just, 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 yeah, send that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, I got y'all. <laughs> No, we have LA. Let's come check you too, man. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Let me know.
Oh, for sure. We 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 out there on the regular, so we gotta hit you up, man. Okay, bet. All right, brother.